I'm Taylor Scalia, and this is Girl, It Is Time to Thrive. Welcome back to another episode. So today I have Nadine on the show and she is a money expert, which I'm so excited to finally have someone like this on the show because I did a money mindset episode, but like, I only know the very, very little. So I've been searching far and for an expert that I just really liked her vibe. And I liked the way that she operated her business from it. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today, Nadine. Oh, yay. Thank you, Taylor. Um, We got together in a very, very random way, wasn't it? Very coincidental. So it's meant to be. (laughs) It is. I'm going to have you just take a minute and introduce yourself. Uh, Tell us about your background, your business, whatever you feel like sharing. No worries. So my name is Nadine. Um, I started a business a few years ago called Save a Million Cents. (laughs) And it's um, the journey of my business has been such a a life journey altogether. So a few years ago, I would say seven years ago, actually, I um, was traveling. I currently live in in Australia. I was traveling in the US and I had this epiphany. I was thinking, what if we made sure that everything we do in life was in alignment with what we actually want? And I went down that rabbit hole and I just thought what we actually want is something that's in alignment with our values of who we are. And what if our money and and our time and our energy was in that alignment? So I created a value-based spending, um, just like concept of how we spend our money. And all of a sudden I started teaching that in workshops in Melbourne. And then I... I would say accidentally moved to the US. It was, <laughs> I was there on a holiday and met my husband and like a long, awesome long story, but I wouldn't have been able to have this amazing experience without my value-based spending um, principles of money. So then, um, yeah, Save a Million Cents was born from that. So I took it online and have been coaching clients one-on-one and in groups ever since. Oh, that's amazing. I love that value-based spending. So Mm -hmm. powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It started off as that. It started off with like basic budgeting and then it kind of built up. But the more I coached people, the more I realized it is way deeper than numbers. So I did get qualified throughout the years to help people with more of the energy and behavioral side of money. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's very it's very behavioral based right now, more psychology based than it is as a financial structure or numbers or any of that. So it's very holistic, the approach that I take. I think that's a good way to look at it because Mm -hmm. from the small amount of stuff that I know about money mindset, it's really about, um, and quote me if I'm wrong, but almost like forgiving a belief or letting go of a belief that you have around money, because most people who overspend, they overspend for more of a psychological reason than the fact that they just want, they really want clothes or something. No, most of our behaviors around money is based in our emotions and um, something that has really shocked people, especially people that come to work with me is that our money behaviors actually stem from our childhood. So between the ages of two and 12, this is basically when our 
patterns around money and our beliefs and conditioning around money and resources were created. So who is actually running the money show in your life, even as a 30, 40 year old adult, it is your inner child. So that's when I always say budgets, it don't work. Like they work until they don't money mindset work. It works until it doesn't. It goes way deeper than money mindset. It goes way deeper than just numbers. Awesome. And we're going to, I'm going to get to that, but how did you decide to become a money coach? Like, did you have past money issues or have you always been very fascinated by it? How did you get into this world? So I always worked in money. I worked in the finance part of um, tertiary education at universities and all of that. So I was very interested in money. And then um, I had a like one of my jobs was to help people, help students actually go on payment plans for their tuition. So I was very in touch with how money made, like how it affected them. But I have a history of financial abuse in in my childhood. So I looked at everything from the lens of money. And so I, you know, became very financially savvy because that's what happens when sometimes in childhood you have these, you know, adverse conditions that kind of make you have to rise to the occasion and become savvier than your years so people my friends used to always come to me with money issues or needing money recommendations or just like wanting to run things by me and I just like I discovered that I was really good at this so money coaching just happened just it just happened naturally I guess it was aligned with you yeah, That's it's awesome. very aligned. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you're ready, the teacher, you know, comes up, you come across the teacher whenever <laughs> you're ready. So whenever I was ready, um, I came across a couple of courses, certifications that changed my life. Um, they were more valuable than both my undergraduate and postgraduate degrees, to be honest, even though they were just coaching certifications, but they were incredible. Um, so that further kind of fortified my um, knowledge and experience. And also I do run a lot of my coaching from my intuition. I am very intuitive. I can just tune into a person when I'm coaching them and feel exactly what they're feeling and know exactly what they want. It's a gift, a talent. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to kick it in the face. I'm grateful for it. And so are my clients. So it's wonderful. That's awesome. So mm -hmm. something you said before about, um, like money wounds. And mm -hmm. you said they happen most like usually almost all of the time from a child. Mm -hmm. So a 30, 40, 50 year old adult is actually operating mm -hmm. from that inner child. So yeah. how, cause not everyone is self-aware. How can someone become more self-aware of what their money wounds are? So typically a money wound is, so let's like, let me go back to the basics. So what a money wound is or a money block, which is more, people probably refer to what I'm talking about as a money block. So what they really are, they are emotions that are stored in the body from past trauma or past experiences related to money and resources. So when I say past trauma, I don't necessarily mean that something dramatic or traumatic have happened in your childhood, therefore you have money wounds. I am talking about um, 
events, certain events that seem very mundane on the outside that we internalize from a child perspective because we are children, that from there we base our conditioning around money and resources upon. So my the typical circumstances that I see um, that reveal to me that somebody has or is operating from a money wound in their life, in their day-to-day you know relationships or from their business or whatever is the first one is financial anxiety and the biggest telltale sign is when somebody has more financial anxiety the more money they make so this is the biggest thing that my clients have is that oh I thought that when I make more money I'm going to be less anxious why am I more anxious so that's one of the biggest telltale signs another um thing that I see a lot is overspending, mindless spending. So that comes from a money wound, most most definitely, I would say. Um, also basing our success or measuring our success upon how much money we are making or deeming ourselves a failure because we're not making as much money as we think we should be making. Um, other typical money wounds are... Um, and just seeking or like blaming, you know, blaming outside things for our money situation. So there is a certain amount of agency that we take with our money story and with healing our own wounds. But when we're operating from this particular money wound, which is kind of like the victim um, energy behind it, is when we're blaming outside things, situations, oh, but this, oh, but that. So that is telling me that there is a wound that is not, that hasn't been healed or that needs integration. Um, Feeling resentful or jealous of other people, um, also like being severely like too calculated to a fault, you know, or like nickel and diming yourself or being too critical or judgmental, especially when you spend or when you like just enjoy money, Um, feeling guilty when spending money on the flip side. So it's not, I can't give you a black and white answer. It really varies from one person to another, but typically it is when you're, you are trying to um, adopt more productive or more healthy patterns around money but you keep going back to the same self-sabotaging patterns that is a telltale like the biggest sign that you're operating from a wound especially when you are gathering all this like cognitive information you listen to the podcast you read you read the books you listen to this you do this on youtube you do all of that but your brain knows everything but your body is not applying the information that your brain knows it might apply it for like a month two but you go back into your old patterns that is a very big sign that perhaps there is a wound there that needs healing and it is deeper than just a money mindset situation oh that's good um no those were great examples and and I like that you said it's not black and white because we're all so different and we all Mm -hmm. operate differently yes but yeah, no, that was very like eye-opening. I'm like, yeah, I think I still have a money, some money wounds. <laughs> I was like, that was spot on. Um, so when someone comes to you and you know, you said you really you approach it from the holistic view, mm-hmm. um, which I just love because I think that's just so helpful. Where, you know, kind of like if someone comes to you and they're like, 
the same, like you just said, I'm having the same, like I'm, I'm trying so hard. I'm doing all the things I know better. I'm Mm -hmm. disappointed that I can't like get out of my own way. Basically. What does like, what's the first area that someone really has to like dive into? Is it healing that inner child? Like, is it going Uh, back or, I mean, I know it's probably not not black and white, but (laughs) exactly. It's not black and white because it's not just to have having to do with your inner child. There's a lot of trauma that is stored in the body from these events that we internalize from the, like from the child's perspective, as I was saying earlier. So we go back and we look at these events. We look at these um, situations and we try to understand and gain awareness of the root of these reoccurring patterns and behaviors that are sabotaging the person's progress. So I would say the first thing I would do is gaining awareness because if we can't see the nail's head, how can we hit the the, the nail with a hammer? You know, we could just like keep hitting blindly and not knowing where we're hitting. But the first thing we need to understand is what are the patterns where did they come from? So that awareness, that was going to give us the precision of where we're going to hit the nail and what patterns exactly need healing and shifting. That's so good. Oh, I love your approach. I'm just going to pause for a second. I just, I absolutely love the holistic approach because I've learned a lot more about in the last, uh, what month is it? June. In the last six months, I've learned a lot about like the feminine and masculine energies mm-hmm. and the, the pain that we hold in our body yes. and how it affects everything. So if you're listening to this and you're like, what are these people talking about? You should definitely reach out to her or start researching it because it's fascinating yeah. when you start learning about it. Yeah, it's quite fascinating. And I thank you for your compliment because my method didn't come to me from a textbook or, you know, I did say that I did do a few certifications, but nobody gave me this on a silver platter. It was years of trial and error of first healing myself Mm -hmm. and seeing how successful my method was on myself first, then venture on and stop helping my clients with their own money wounds and the more I help the more insight I gain the more experience I gain and the more I have in my toolkit but the nice thing is that we I not only help people heal but I teach them the tools so that they can further heal their money wounds because at every up level every time your soul wants you to do something new in life there is there needs to be healing whether it's a money situation or not because most likely if you have a a uh, wounding around resources or money it is also mimicked in other parts of your life so when you learn learn these tools you can apply them to other more like the more you up level the more healing that you will be required to do just from a soul perspective that's good. More up level. Cause it, it goes hand in hand. Like, um, you know, people always say like, w- yeah, when you're making more money that more problems occur, you know, like it's not well, just like, and yeah, I, that- people, yeah. Like I've always wondered about that. Cause I feel like that's such a negative way to look at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause there's actually- going to be problems in every area of your life, no matter what. So yeah, of course. I mean, when I say up level, I mean, like if you're a business owner, if you want to 
um, overcome an income plateau, or if you want to sign people at a higher rate, you need to make sure that you're charging from a perspective of, you know, from a healed perspective, not from a perspective of like, I deserve more by like just inflicting worthiness and deservingness by like this, by this forceful energy rather than from a healed perspective and a healed energy. Um, there is many ways that we can up-level that requires us to communicate better with people or to further communicate our uh, about our services on social media or via newsletters. So this whole like wounding around being seen and heard and understood comes up and it will come up every time you are going to appear in front of more and more people. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you for clarifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's really good. And, um, one of the things that you wrote, um, in your bio to me, and I loved it was mm-hmm. you wrote money becomes a friend, a confidant and an ally that strengthens our journey. Mm-hmm. That is yes. so beautiful. And my question is most people don't view money this way. So why mm-hmm. do you think, you know, obviously you've healed and you've done the work, but why do you think more people view money as a problematic thing than as an ally or a friend? Because look at the world around us. I mean, money is a taboo topic. Yeah. It is a topic that is very triggering. It is a topic that brings up a lot for all of us. It is a topic that you cannot even discuss with your own parents. I know for a fact that so many people are most more comfortable talking about their sex life and their issues with having an orgasm than talking about how they saved up for a down payment for their house like as simple as that money is such a big taboo topic so when we look at it from that perspective and also when we look at how we just blame money for everything negative that happens in this world. Of course, we're going to have a negative feeling around it. Whereas money is neutral. It amplifies. I mean, it definitely amplifies what's inside of you. It amplifies. If you're not a nice person, you're greedy with more money. You're going to become greedier. If you're a nice person and you have more money, you're going to actually become kinder and maybe help people by paying their medical bills or their student loan bills or whatever it is that you feel aligned to do. So it really will amplify what is inside of you. And if you're not healed, it will amplify your anxiety. It will amplify your insecurity because I have come across so many people that are like, oh my God, my business took off and I'm freaking out. What if I can't sustain this? What if they know I'm a fraud? So it's amplifying these wounds that are inside of them, these, you know, everything that you know about as a business owner as well. So um, on the flip side, what I would like to tell people is that you are here on this earth because you have a, you have a purpose, whether you are, whether you know it or not, whether you're living your purpose or not, you have a purpose and it's not a job description. It is not, Oh, I am a money coach. That is my purpose. No, your purpose is an energy. It has, it is more of the meaning that you want to leave this behind or like the impact that you want to create around you. 
that is your purpose. So my purpose is to help people find more freedom and more free. My, the way I want to express this purpose is having people feel free from the burden that money hold, like that it puts upon us because money can hold us back. And a lot of times I, I see it and it just breaks my heart to see that a lot of people know what they want to do, but they're held back with money. They're held back because of their money wounds. They're held back by these golden shackles, golden handcuffs that are like, oh my God, but my job's secure, but I want to go do this. And shit, I'm 40, I'm 45. What's happening with my life? My life is just passing by, shit, blah, blah, blah. So it's always money that's holding people back. But the message I want to convey is there is freedom on the flip side. When you start balancing the practical and the spiritual side of money, you will understand that money is just neutral. However, when you heal your money wounds, it will, like you said, like my, what my bias said, it will help you on your trajectory towards more purpose, towards giving, creating more impact, towards spreading more love, because it's 2022 you probably will need money on your life purpose journey. <laughs> and so that's what I meant. Mm -hmm. That's what I meant. It will amplify your purpose when you do it in a healed and a uh, integrated way. Mm. I like what you said about purpose, how it's like, it's an energy because mm -hmm. I was just talking with someone yesterday and what we were talking about was so many people put their identity in their careers I am a business owner. I'm a business coach. I, mm -hmm. you know, I do this, I do that. Yeah. And it's like, that's not your identity and that's not your purpose. And oh I my think, God. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, you're, you're more than just someone who goes to work, pays mm -hmm. bills and like gets a two week vacation. Maybe like at least yeah. in America, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, so I like how you really just put that. It was very well put. And um, because it's, it is an energy. It's what we do with our lives. It's not yeah. what we like. It's not what, just what we physically do, but it's how we react. It's how we act. It's how mm, we it's show what you up. Create. Yes. Thank you. It's what we create. Mm -hmm. And, um, yes. and one of the things that I know a lot of people who are like, I'm going to start getting good at money. I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to create a budget. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on budgeting? Slap a budget on it. Why don't you? <laughs> that is my lovelies, a lovely, easy band-aid approach to yes. becoming good at money. Slap a budget on it and move on. Might work for you. Might not. Most probably it will not work for very long because first of all, most of the time we approach budgets from an outside in approach, not from an inside out. So I am not opposed to budgets. I'm a Virgo. I love organization. And one of the <laughs> things that I teach in my, um, like my online community is how to financially organize yourself. However, my approach to budgeting is from the inside out your numbers. If you want to use a spreadsheet an app, whatever you want to use, that is a reflection of what's happening inside of your soul. Your budget does not tell your soul what it gets to do. Your soul, your purpose, your identity tells your money where it has to go, not the other way around. So when we slap a budget on things, and I keep saying slap a budget because that's exactly what people do. They just try to, you know, put a budget on it because that's what they heard they need to do. 
that's not the solution that is actually creating more problems. It will trigger you. It will put you on a spend and splurge. Well, it's splurge and kind of hoard cycle where you're spending too much, you feel bad, and then you start hoarding. It's not healthy. You spend too much. That is the equivalent of yo-yo dieting. It will leave you exactly in the opposite situation than when you started. It's not it's not healthy. So I'm not here to give financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. However, before doing a budget, you need to understand who you are, what you want, what your wounds are, because you cannot do a budget that is not informed around your trauma. You cannot create a money plan that is not created around your, I mean, your quirkiness, your goals, your you know, like even your limitations from your woundings, and I'm not calling your wounds limitations, but I'm just saying that sometimes as we're healing, we're limited. But in actuality, our wounds are really a pl- like a, a, a gateway towards more liberation because it is through this wound that you can access healing. You won't know what you need to heal if that wound doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. So in short, budgets are great if they're done properly from a holistic approach, which is inside out, not outside in. So good. I've never heard it worded that way. I'm not a big fan of budgets. I've done them. I've tried them. Mm -hmm. And I think what you said, it's, it's very like, they're unsustainable. It is. It's like an intense diet. It's like, it's like, if I was like, I'm going to go keto and I absolutely love carbs. Like I'd have Mm -hmm. to give up. I love carbs. (laughs) Like I could never go keto, but like, if Mm -hmm. I was to be like, I'm going keto this week, like that's how I think about budgeting. Like it sounds painful. It sounds unrealistic. And, you know, even when I've like, I've, I've always been like, you know, look at a budget from like a different way. Like and how mm. I don't even know how, like, I'm not a money person, like coach either. So like, I'm not a money coach. So I don't give people advice on that, but yeah, like it's, it's from the outside in. I like that because, yeah, you, you know, I think as people, we evolve every month, almost like there are months where I want to give a little extra, you know, I have a natural giver. Like it's mm-hmm. probably like, I'd probably be a lot more wealthy if I stopped giving so much money, but it's who I am. So there are months where I have like, I want to put, I want to give to this charity or mm-hmm. I want to treat someone to dinner. So like that, but every month is different. There could be, there's, so I feel like as people to limit ourselves in that budget, like you just said, and I, I like that. Do you know what? I think at the very start of my, when I took my money coaching business online, my, the very big shock that I had, I expected, first of all, I expected lots of creatives and entrepreneurs to come for help. That was expected. But what wasn't expected was accountants, financial coaches, CPAs coming to me for money coaching. I mean, the first time I thought it was like, I don't know. I, I thought that it was a joke. Like, are you serious? You're a CPA. You have a multi-million dollar business. You have, you know, what are you doing on Zoom with me? Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just kept happening. And I, you know, I have a big cohort of people that are like creatives, entrepreneurs, and then another cohort of like 
huh, accountants and CPAs and financial coaches. Okay, so that was my biggest indicator that a budget, cool, like these people, they know how to balance a budget. They know how to balance a paycheck. That's what they do for a living. But they felt like something was missing. There was no soul behind their money. There was no meaning, no fulfillment behind what they were doing. We only got one life. And their plans was not a reflection of the life they wanted to live. But what is the life that they actually want to live? And who mm. are they? And what has their childhood, um, how has their childhood informed their life, informed their lifestyle now? And how can they honor what they went through in their childhood, whether it's, you know, looked at in a positive light or a negative light, it needs to be looked at. It needs to be honored because that inner child, it's very smart. It's very wise and it knows. Mm. Oh, that's, I love that. It's not just entrepreneurs because I would assume that it is mm. creatives and entrepreneurs that come to you, no. but that's powerful when you know that these people are money handlers. That's what they do mm -hmm. for a profession. They studied years of it in education. I, swear, I, I thought it was a joke in the beginning. First one, I was like, <laughs> is this like, are you joking? <laughs> like, what are you doing? You want me to help you? Yeah. I was a bit intimidated the first accountant I had on a discovery call. Then I was like, oh my God, hang on a second. Oh my God. It was my biggest like epiphany. Like, shit. Okay. I get it now. I get it even more profoundly. Because <laughs> I think money wounds or however we want to like word it, money they, blocks, yeah. yeah, money blocks. I think it has two extremes. It can have, and then there's and there's stuff in the middle too. Like mm -hmm. there's the extreme of, I can't keep more than twenty dollars in my bank account. I mm -hmm. live paycheck to paycheck, and then there's the extreme of, I don't spend a single cent. I'm super smart with my I'm money. 40. I do everything right. I'm perfect on paper, but I'm miserable. So mm -hmm. I like that you just talked about that because there's probably two types of listeners. And then there's probably people in the middle too, who are like, well, I'm a little bit of both some days. So yeah. Yeah. And it varies from month to month, how you're feeling like, you know, you're sometimes a lot of times, actually your sleep affects the way you spend your money. And it's mm -hmm. when you put it that way, you're like, Oh yeah, I never thought of it that way. I never did. You need a money nerd to tell you. <laughs> you need a money nerd to kind of look at this and like, actually, how did so you sleep true. last night? <laughs> that is so true. I did not sleep well the other day. And I, that in turn, I had no desire to cook food at home. I just was like, I just want to take out. I want like 100 bucks at the window. Yeah. It was almost like I was hungover, but I wasn't. I was like, I just want greasy food. I want takeout. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like cooking. And I did. I spent $60 to go get food for because for me and my boyfriend because I was like I'm not yeah. cooking mm -hmm. because I was tired so you're right mm -hmm. that's I never thought of it like that but then again that's not wrong you know making mm -hmm. yourself wrong for that and going down like okay shit tomorrow I'm gonna just not spend anything I'm gonna cancel all my plans you know that a lot of people do that like these kind of self-flagellate because they mm. deviated from the plan and that's another danger of having too strict of a budget that's like mm -hmm. outside in budget yeah. When I did budgeting the first time and I did it very strictly the first time, mm -hmm. this was years ago. I had no life. I canceled <laughs> yeah. with everybody and mm. I, and I grew up 
you know, not saying it was right or wrong, but I grew up going out to eat once a week with my, my dad. That was a part of my lifestyle. And at 30 years old, that is a part of my lifestyle. Do not take like, but when I started this budget, I think I was 24. It was six years ago. I was like, Oh, I guess I just can't go out to eat ever. My life is over. I know that's so when, before I developed my value-based spending approach, um, I was a bit of a hoarder. Like I was quote unquote good with money, AKA I never spent it. But then I was like, shit, life's too short. So I started spending on things that are in alignment with my goals and my values. Gosh, the freedom, but guilt-free freedom. You know, like sometimes you spend and you feel like shit, you feel guilty, you feel like you did something wrong. When you do this approach to money and the way you spend, it just feels fulfilling to spend. It doesn't feel like you're like out of integrity or like you're doing something wrong. Awesome. Yeah. And um, what would be three tips that you have for someone? I mean, you've given us so much, but if you had to put them in like actual like phrases for someone who desires financial freedom and wants to start this journey. So I would first start by asking them to get very clear on what financial freedom means to them, because financial freedom might mean different things to different people. So get very clear on that because you you need to know where you're going. You need, so you kind of need to get clear. <laughs> um, and the other tip would be to be very honest with yourself, radical self-honesty, not self-judgment, very different energies. Become curious about your spending habits. Become curious about the thoughts that come and go from your head when you know, when you think about money, when you look at people and how they spend their money, just get curious about these thoughts. Again, no judgment. And because these are a small window towards your own mentality around money. The third one would be that you set your own rules. So there are a lot of ideas for success that are out there. There's a lot of standards of like, you you are that age you're supposed to be doing this throw that out of the window you just be very clear on who you are what you want what you want you got one life you don't know how long it's going to be so own it and just set forth but with clarity and confidence so good yes i've i've money is your ally yeah money is your ally it's your friend once you heal it once you heal your relationship with it This has been so good. So helpful. I think I said just, and I've come a long way, but I I think two weeks ago I said, I'm 30 years old. Like this should not like, like I like, you know, like, cause it's business. So some months are great. Some months it's like lower and I'm like, oh my gosh, this should not be my life right now. And it's like, well, I chose it because I love it. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So where can people find you? Where can people work with you? Or I'm going to link everything in the show notes as well. But so my website is www.savemilliancents.com. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. I say that with, to say it with a bit of an eye roll because we're always on Instagram. So I'm mm-hmm. quite active on there. 
Um, so yeah, just DM me, um, let me know what you thought of whatever we shared here. Um, very conversational. So just reach out if you feel like it. Um, I do a lot of, um, a big component of my one-on-one -on -one coaching is around money archetypes. So it is a tool that I use to help people understand their behaviors around money. So that's a fun thing that you can do. You can find the money archetype quiz on my website. Um, and then, you know, you can kind of book some time with me so we can go over your results. So that's a lot of fun. People love it. It's actually life-changing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Where else can people find me? I'm here in Melbourne, <laughs> in Australia. You can come find me here. <laughs> um, but no, I'm online. <laughs> I would rather go to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cold here. I don't know if you've noticed my big jacket, but it's so, so That's cold. True. I can't even feel my toes right now. But you guys are. are going into the winter. You're in the winter right now We're as we winter. go into summer. Mm -hmm. Yep. I went to Australia a few years ago when it was winter dead of winter here and I went there mm. to, and I was like oh it's summer this is the best thing in the world I had a whole year of summer because I was there all what would be winter here and then I mm -hmm. came home for what was summer and I was like this is the best year of my life like I need to be somewhere warm well you know what actually happened was that we did that we were living in the U.S. we skipped winter we came here in November this is our first winter in like a year and a half oh <laughs> It's like slapping us in the face. Like, oh my God, it's cold. <laughs> when is this going to end? <laughs> oh, I feel you. No complaints. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. I know that you, we have a 14 hour time difference. So you have stayed up very late to do this and yeah, I am so appreciative for you. It's all good. Thank you for having me. It's really, really nice. Thank you. Thank you. I think that we can all agree that Nadine is freaking awesome. I learned so much and I hope that you did too. Please share this with a friend of yours, share it on social media, make sure that you tag myself, tag Nadine, and as always guys, be kind to somebody, eat some really good food, and pat yourselves on the back because it is your time to thrive and that starts with it.